1: To hire drivers, you've got to work fast and smart. Did you know Driver Pulse, a driver-facing mobile app from 10th Street, is two to three times more effective than texting and four to five times more effective than email at getting drivers to respond? Driver Pulse is the largest source of free driver applications in trucking, downloaded by almost two million drivers to find jobs, complete training, and communicate with carriers. Companies find who they're looking for, and drivers find their homes, with Driver Pulse from 10street, a name you trust. That's 10street.com, T-E-N-street.com.
0: Welcome back to another edition of Check Call. Today we're covering all things technological advancement and automation. Don't forget to subscribe to Check Call the Newsletter on FreightWaves.com if you haven't already. Before we get into our guest interview, there are some news in the world that you should check out. The California Senate joined the state assembly in overwhelmingly voting to ban heavy-duty driverless trucks on state highways. Whether to sign or veto the bill is now up to Governor Gavin Newsom. The government, through Newsom's business office, has been critical of Assembly Bill 316, but he has not said what he will do. The former San Francisco mayor is a big technology backer, but also court labor unions, which are the loudest voices behind this legislation. Essentially, the bill which passed on last Monday in a 36 to 2 vote requires that autonomous trucks weighing more than 10,001 pounds have human safety drivers in the camp. Other provisions would allow legislators to take the path or to take place of state agencies like the Department of Motor Vehicles and the California Highway Patrol. The state assembly passed the bill 69 to 4 in May. Heavy duty trucks weighing more than 10,001 pounds are in autonomous testing in Texas, New Mexico, and approved in more than 20 other states. Only time will tell if other states follow the lead of California. This week's sonar chart of the show is the market look at Seattle. Capacity is heightening in Seattle as outbound tender rejections rise, increasing. 289 basis points week over week. Not only is the o rising, but outbound tender volumes are on the rise as well, a 23.8% increase week over week. While outbound tender rejections have risen to match the national average of 4.32%, spot rates will not be increasing a significant amount in Seattle. Some change from last week, but a few cents per mile. Today, we are joined by Kevin Nadeau, founder and president of True Load Time. Welcome back to the show, Kevin.
1: Hi, Mary. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm pretty excited about today. So we've pretty much gone down the rabbit hole of, uh, detention and, you know, ways to advocate for drivers and, you know, as a shipper being better about your detention time. Today, we're going to kind of peek behind that curtain and come up with some of those technological things that you can implement to make it more efficient, um, for, uh, for improving detention times. Um, so I guess what are, Kind of some of those common processes that people use to help automate and speed things up in the warehouse to reduce detention times.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, okay. <laughs> there are a bunch of them. I had to make some notes. So I'm, I'm going to be reading some of these bullet points, but um, I tried to uh, put them in three different categories, warehousing, trucking, and I gave safety its own categories. I think that's uh, it's a critical components of our, on our nation's roadways. So for warehouses, um, You've got product movement, like conveyor systems. you have got the good storage, vertical and horizontal stackers and cranes and things like that, the truck loading, unloading process, inbound inspection point, uh, like automating the QC, water picking, inventory control, warehouse management, appointment scheduling, check-in processes, yard dock management. I mean that's already nine categories for the warehouse itself. Uh, their technologies exist to to automate. On the trucking side, I've got nine nine categories for them as well: uh, driver recruiting, onboarding, <laughs> DQS, uh, fleet preventative maintenance, you know, on on assets, uh, RFPs, route planning, driver dispatching, fuel efficiency, driver training, coaching. Uh, Asset tracking devices. And then on the safety side, uh, ADAS or Advanced Driver Assist uh, Systems. Man, there are a bunch of uh, technologies kind of clumped into that, like uh, Advanced Driver uh, Braking Systems, Lane Departure, Forward Collision Warnings, Electronic Stability Control, uh, Stationary Merge uh, Assistant, Blind Spot Detection, Rollover Stability Control, of course, cameras, uh, Forward and Rear Facing. Uh, technologies that identify risky driver behaviors like over speeding, excessive speeding, harsh braking, harsh quartering, um, accident scene investigation, accident file registry, post-accident training, uh, and DOT safer score monitoring. So three categories with a couple of dozen technologies that exist for those for warehousing, uh, trucking, and of course safety.
0: So just basically, just a few simple things that someone could talk, walk away and implement.
1: Do you remember our our previous episode when I I made the statement, you can spend as little or as much money as you want on technology? There you go.
0: Just start picking categories. So you've got, what, about 18 to 36 options to choose from right here?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So I guess... If I were to go out and get 30 different, 30, I would hope that I wouldn't have to get 36 different kinds of technology. I would like to think that some of those can, you know, do more than one thing. Um, but I guess when I, if I go out and I, you know, make it, make my drivers more safe, more safe, and I make, make everything, uh, more safe, and more efficient, especially on a warehouse side or any point in that, what you have just talked about, um, what kind of benefits do I get from that visibility and tracking side? If I get any.
1: Yeah, um. So I think the big the big thing to keep in mind is, yes, there are a ton of different products out there to help automate uh, and you know create efficiency. but if they're not interconnected, if they're not speaking to one another, if they're not transmitting data back and forth, if you have all these disparate systems scattered about your operation, you're you're still going to struggle, even if you've automated this piece, uh, so it's important that all these things talk to each other as much as possible having a central command system that can coordinate, uh, you know, all these different, uh, technologies is vital, whether that's a TMS, a WMS or an ERP system, whatever that looks like. Um, but implementing one or more of those things, uh, if done in the right way and rolled out to your, to your colleagues and your team, uh, will make an incredible difference. Just, it really depends on where where you want to focus on what it is you're trying to accomplish. And I think that's the hardest part is identifying which beachhead to, to land on first and, and attack. Pardon my, uh, military puns. It's, it's definitely top of mind for me. Um, this week that we're recording is, uh, is the week of nine 11. I'm a former, former military veteran. Uh, so I've definitely been thinking about our brothers and sisters in arms out there, whether stationed stateside or overseas, I I do want to just take a minute to say, thank you so much for your service. Thank you for defending us and keeping us safe. Uh, We are definitely here and praying for you. And uh, God bless. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armor All, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms
0: apply. I will wholeheartedly second that. Uh, No no amount of words are grateful enough for everything that those in the military are doing. So we very much appreciate their service and dedication. Moving into something that I don't know if it's been brought up in the military or not, but you'd probably know the answer to it. Uh, Artificial intelligence. What kind of future do you see AI playing in our supply chain?
1: Um, Certainly, AI is a huge, huge, huge buzzword right now, Uh, both in the transportation space and in the entrepreneurial uh, venture funding, venture capital space. Lots of money being poured into that sector. Uh, Of course, there are a couple of front runners who kind of trail blazing right now and bringing that to the forefront. But I think with AI, the first thing's first, got to have a large data set to work with. Um, AI isn't just a a program you write. It has to have a a large language model to drive its info from, which can be challenging for some of the smaller companies out there. But uh, the good news is a lot of your major TMS providers are already working on this. And they have these large data sets that they can pull from. Um, so, if you are one of their customers, I'm sure they will be deploying some of this, and a lot of them already have. You'll probably start to see it first in the RFPs uh, and potentially in the routing. I think those are the easiest ones to do. You know, They can take data from across the industry and help you calculate what good rates ought to look like, ought to be, uh, bring in factors like wait time, which is something that, of course, we're incredibly passionate about as well as weather and traffic and historical trends and things like that. Uh, and then the same thing with the route planning, taking all those things into account to build a, a route that is achievable from the driver or for the driver, doesn't stress them out, doesn't require that they do anything potentially unsafe. Uh, so I think you'll, you'll first see the technologies there. Uh, when it comes to AI, it's just utilizing the data that already exists, uh, to, uh, to help make quicker decisions. And I think the goal for AI should be not to replace our human operators, but to, uh, uh, to provide them more options. It shouldn't, some of the things you can automate and and put on autopilot and then just, it just doesn't. But, uh, I think AI should exist to give us options so that it uh, says, Hey, here's your ABC, choose which one makes sense for you, uh, just to help us speed up and, uh, yeah, you know, if a dispatcher has 20 drivers made with AI, they can oversee 25 or, or 30, something like that.
0: And that brings up something that you talked about a little bit ago where, you know, you really need to know what your kind of what your destination is before you start everything. Because if you go get technology, if you go, if you go get a software, if you go get, if you go and say, I want AI, so I'm going to set up this, this AI thing. Um, what is, what purpose is it going to serve? You know, what is that end goal that it's going to have? Because You don't want to go and buy all this fancy software and technology and, you know, get this great AI tool if it's not going to end up helping you solve that original thing. So I think, you know, one of the first things, you know, if you're looking at warehouse improvement or any sort of improvement processes is, you know, sit down and take a look at what you have and say, all right, well, this is this is what I have. This is what I want it to be. And then look for something in there to do it. Because if you go out asking software providers, well, suddenly they have all the solutions to your needs. And it might not actually be what you're looking to solve, you know?
1: That's right. Yeah. We in the software world, sometimes we build stuff and then we go out and look for a problem that it you know that it can solve.
0: Exactly. It's one of those where you have to know kind of you have to know the destination before you get on the road to go. You have to tell you have to tell Google where to where to drive you to. <laughs> That's right. Um, so going along with that, you know. When you start warehouse improvements or really any kind of improvements, I don't know why I just keep saying warehouse, but when you start those improvements, you really need to have that data component of it. You need to have, you know, you need to have a way that, you know, this is working, this is not working. Um, and so when it comes to that decision making, what is the importance of that big data analytic and some of those predictive analytics as well? Because um, that's going to help you, you know, forecast your demand, identify trends. Why, where, what role does big data play in this overall supply chain performance improvement?
1: Yeah, big data is everything. I mean, if you're doing any type of machine learning or AI, you have to have a data set to feed it. Um, The challenge is that data can be inherently biased, unless we're talking about like telematics driven data, uh, stuff that isn't subjective. Um, So you are dependent upon, you know, the validity of the data. Did it come? was an automated workflow with the data flowing directly from a telematics, an ELD, you know, a track and trace program, or was it manually input by an operator somewhere, but so that's the foundation of everything. I mean, without a, a large data set to pull from, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not really AI, uh, in my opinion. Um, and it also needs to be diverse. You know, it, it's great to have your own Intel, but. Again, some of the stuff we've talked about before your information in its own little bubble is great doing post um, analysis. But if we're really trying to do anything predictive, I need to see my data, but I also need to see the rest of the industry because I need to know, am I operating, is my operation a little bit unique, am I experiencing things that are greater or less than some of the others in my industry or, you know, my peers, um, And then the last thing, again, I made this point earlier is everything has to, has to talk to one another. It's got to be connected. You know, it just, for so long, we operated with these massive data silos. It's sitting in my TMS or it's sitting in my WMS, or it's, it's over here in this software program, uh, and you know, big data just doesn't work that way. Uh, if your data isn't, isn't in the cloud somewhere, it's going to be really hard to do some of these really sophisticated things that. You know, uh, some of these technology vendors have. Uh, you know, if it's if everything is stored on your server in the back room somewhere, it's you're going to be at a bit of a, a disadvantage.
0: That kind of goes with something that I've always said. You know, you can collect as much data as you want. You can, you know, go out there and get as much as much software as you want to manipulate it. But until you have someone to sit there and analyze and interpret that data and create like an actual plan from it. You're not you're not like you just are buying really expensive toys to sit on the shelf.
1: Yeah, that's right. And it you know the challenge is it can't be data overload, analysis, paralysis, a real thing. Uh you can track just about anything uh in supply chain logistics. It's just what should you be tracking, what should you be looking at, what what red flags should be coming across your desk? What does your dashboard look like? Again, identify what's important to your operation, what What are the things that you need to know that are going to impact the bottom line Uh, and those are the things you need to be tracking on a on a daily or an hourly basis Uh, build your technologies and your uh, infrastructure around that work to automate those processes first get the get the need-to-haves invest in those first before you you come across the nice-to-haves and again remember that technology isn't a one and done it's constantly evolving so it's not a situation where you have to go out and buy the entire purse. You know, start with start with one area and work on that, and then move on to the next.
0: That's my. That's a very a very good point. One of my favorite things to say is automate what you hate. So if you know that you have a bunch of operations support people that maybe hate calling incessantly to get drivers' locations, well, maybe get like a text message notification that you can send out to them that they can just you know say we're right here, it's all good or um, you know, if you hate getting phone calls of drivers sitting at a shipper waiting because they won't get loaded, maybe get some analytics into improving detention times.
1: I like that. I'm going to uh, I'm going to use that one. Automate what you hate. I like that. It,
0: it makes so much sense because if you sit there, if if, if those pain because po- more than often than not, those pain points are those time waster tasks that me as an individual on the floor, I don't get like I don't make money off doing tasks. I don't make money off of verifying signed BOLs and putting things in a system and you know calling a driver for the hundredth time asking where they are. Those aren't those aren't those are not like revenue generating tasks. So if I can find a way to just get them off my plate and you know make it someone else's problem or make it not my problem at all and I just have to manage a handful of exceptions, that'd be great. So I think that really, you know, when in doubt of knowing where to start, you may have all this data and like you mentioned that analysis paralysis. But then just sit down and say, okay, well, what do you hate the most about your job? Because there will always be something, and there will always be some mundane task that more often than not, you can write a script or get something or unlock some feature that you already have on a system, and just it never got fully integrated correctly. Just finish that integration, and then suddenly it's not as much of a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I'm uh, sorry I chuckled there. <laughs> you made a comment about having to uh, call a driver for the 100th time for a check call that, that never happens does it
0: no not at all um it's not the reason that we have patented the uh, crazy ex-girlfriend method where you it, it has to be used only only for dire dire circumstances like you can't do this all the time it ha- cuz it will piss the driver off you have to use it only under extreme circumstances and that is every minute for 15 like if they're calling and just like if you're calling and they're not answering call them incessantly like call hang up call hang up call hang up call hang up until they answer they will they will eventually answer because they can't do anything on their phone because you are blowing them up so um, but also make sure that you know that your driver' is not sleeping while this happens because if you do it and they are sleeping then they will be twice as mad so it's it works. But just know that you are going to piss them off. Uh,
1: Important notes for any carriers out there. Uh, That will not lead to uh, improved driver satisfaction.
0: Exactly. Your driver is going to be angry. Your broker is going to be angry. Your shipper is going to be angry. No one wants to come to that last resort. But if I need to know where something is and people are losing their minds about it, I'm going to call you incessantly until you answer. I think my record is about 15 minutes. Of just calling, hang up, call, hang up, call, hang up, call, hang up. Like, yeah, I have nothing but time when I'm getting yelled at.
1: Well, uh, on a uh, serious note, um, we are recording during the week of National Truck Driver Appreciation uh, Week. So uh, on a serious note, I do want to say thank you to all the professional men and women out there. Uh, thank you so much for what you do. We, uh, we recognize that it is definitely a challenging uh, industry, a challenging job that you do day in and day out. Thank you for being out there, staying away from family, running up and down the roads for us. Thank you for the hours that you put in. Thank you for all the frustration that you probably put up with at uh, some of these locations. Thank you for the uh, you know sleeping and rest stops and eating meals uh, there, things like that. We uh, I think every day should be truck driver appreciation day, uh, but as it stands right now, we have a week just to just to get out there and say thank you. And I hope that. Uh, Someone out there has told you personally, thank you for what you do have, have done. I hope they've shake, shaken your hand, maybe purchased a meal for you or given you a pat on the back. Uh, but if they haven't, I uh, want to be the first to do that. So thank you so much.
0: I wholeheartedly concur. Again, it is Truck Driver Appreciation Week. I know that this episode will come out next week. But, you know, it's no secret that I think every week should be Truck Driver Appreciation Week just because they do so much. And more often than not, when something goes wrong, they're the first one blamed whether it was their fault or not. So it's one of those where, you know, our drivers are out there doing very, very hard things. And uh, that's why you should not call them incessantly. But also, like, you know, drivers answer the phone, maybe. Yeah, it's not going to be that bad. But I think, you know, now, especially this week or this year, uh, more awareness has come to driver issues and consistent things that people are having. So I'm very optimistic that over the next year or two, we can start making some actual improvements um, so drivers aren't sleeping on uh, the entrance ramps to highways and there's, you know, truck parking for everyone and someone can use the bathroom at a shipper. because I did not know that was such a problem until I started doing this.
1: Agree, agree. It's the little things that we take for granted um, that uh, our drivers have to deal with that they just shouldn't. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm very optimistic. I'm hopeful that um, the calls on Washington that are coming up Especially with regards to truck parking, will be will yield some fruit, and uh, yeah, we we can do better. And uh, I think now there's a lot of people rowing in the same direction, and I'm hopeful that uh, we'll get some good benefits.
0: We can and we should do better for our drivers, and because they're people, you know, we add people deserve the ability to use the restroom when and where they need to. Common decency, so. right? Exactly. All right. So we are running out of time, but it is our favorite time of the episode. Uh, This week, Kevin, we're hitting with two questions um, because why not? We just need to get to know you intimately. So the first one is, if you could only eat one color of food for the rest of your life, what would you choose?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, Okay, not the healthiest answer, but I think you can't go wrong with a light brown. Because you can bread and fry just about anything and turn it light brown and it just gives you so many options. I'm a big French fry fan. So like that's be one of my last meals. So, you know, if I can get a light brown French fry, maybe some ogra, cube steak, I mean country fried steak, you know, fried chicken. I mean, think of all the light brown food out there.
0: It's it is the best. It's the most diverse option, but it is not the healthiest.
1: No. At off.
0: All right. So then our second question for you this week is what animal would you choose to be your personal assistant?
1: Oh, I. How about this? A hummingbird. I've been. Okay. Yeah. So, and the reason why, i um, been in logistics for over 20 years now, and uh, we move really fast. We're, we're running from problem to problem. I think. If I have an animal assistant, it needs to be able to keep up with both my mental train of thought and my physical movement. So I picture a little hummingbird just be able to, you know, kind of hang with me and you know run out here and there, something like that. So yeah, let's go with a hummingbird.
0: I actually really like that. We've not heard that one yet, um, but it's it makes a lot of sense, especially if you're on the go and doing things quickly. I like that. So if anyone has uh, questions about your food choice or your animal choice or really just any kind of ways they can help improve some efficiency on their, on their side, where can they find you outside the show?
1: Yeah, guys, uh, you can find me at 10street.com. Uh, we, uh, come check out the website. We have a whole portfolio of products from driver onboarding to recruiting to safety, obviously true load time, uh, facility wait time. We have true fuel, trucking efficiency. Uh, so check out 10street.com. You can find uh, me there along with everything else that we provide. And uh, as always, uh, LinkedIn, feel free to uh, uh, shoot me a direct message there. And uh, I look to hear from you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kevin.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Find Check, Call, The Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other incredible Freightways podcasts such as Loaded and Rolling and Rethinking Reshoring don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on brightwaves.com slash check. Same on the internet.